Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, this is Stephen McKee and today I'm speaking to you all the way from the Isle of Skye. I am here with Grant Mahoney, um, Samantha and my amazing wife Emma McKee and I just want to talk a little bit about the Celtic Saints because we talk about it a lot, we talk about these incredible people, it was a group of people who maybe between 400 AD and 800 AD <clears throat> um, emerged from the Dark Ages. And there's a, there's a book called How the Irish Saved Civilization. And out of the darkness and a time of magic and witchcraft and all sorts of crazy um, days, darkness and evil, these people emerged who walked in great authority, great power, great anointing, just and turned the world upside down. And I believe it's one of the greatest expressions of the kingdom of God that the earth has ever seen since the early church. And, and in some cases, what they walked in was even greater. Because when we read some of the miracles, it's unbelievable and it just makes me hungry when we travel around Scotland and Ireland, we're always talking about these things. We're, I'm talking about it with my wife, Emma. I'm talking about it with Grant, Mahoney and Samantha. And we're all talking about what is it they had? What can I... What, what, what did they do? What was their lifestyle like? How did they manage to walk in such great authority? And I just want to read a few little stories. Um, it's actually by a book by Cathy Walters. Um all about the Celtic saints. And let me just read one story. And it says, After a formal greeting between Lagaya and Patrick, that's St. Patrick, the wizard, Lacroix, attacked him angrily with contention and shouting. He became malicious and hostile and even violent, blaspheming the Holy Trinity. St. Patrick's anger was roused and he called upon God. O Lord, who can do all things and on whose power everything depends. You have sent us here to preach your name to the heathen. Now let this ungodly man who blasphemes your name be lifted up and let him die. No sooner had Patrick finished speaking than a supernatural force raised the wizard in the air. He fell down heavily, his head striking a stone and so he died in the presence of those assembled. The heathen, seeing their own subdued and realising that Patrick had more power than the druids, were greatly affected. But the king was enraged at the fate of Lacroix, on whom he had depended. He then wanted to take the life of Patrick. Slay this man, he cried to his guards. But Patrick stood firmly in his place. With flashing eyes and resonant voice, he said, Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let them that hate him flee from before his face. As smoke vanished, so let them vanish away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. By this time the sun had begun to rise and the morning splendour bathed the earth. 
but at the words of Patrick, darkness crept back over the sky and the ground shook with an earthquake. Can you imagine such a a showdown, really, between wizards and druids and St. Patrick? One man who knew God, one man who could stand as a priest of God, as a king, and the druids and the wizards of the day, who had magic, who had power, could not stand against this man. In one instance, one man who tried to was lifted up and thrown down in front of the crowd and killed, dead, because he dared to come against God's man. What power they had in it, the words of St. Patrick, an earthquake shook the land. Terror struck the enemies because he walked in authority greater than they ever had seen before. And it says this, the swords and spears of the warriors clashed against their shields. And it seemed to them that the sky was falling down and there was no hope of escape from impending destruction. The frightened horses galloped away in confusion and the wind blew so fiercely that the chariots were physically moved. Because of the confusion and fear, the warriors fled, leaving only three people with King Laguire and Queen Angus. The king remained serene and silent, but the queen rose and approached Patrick. She spoke to him with respect. Just and mighty man, she says, do not destroy the king. He will come to you and he will do your will and he will kneel and believe in your God. What kind of power is that? What kind of power is that that he could walk in such levels of authority that the Queen would come after there was a showdown with druids and wizards and say, the King will serve you. He'll kneel down and he'll serve you. Can you imagine that in our day? Can you imagine presidents and prime ministers and governors or even kings coming to you and me and bowing and saying, your God is God. Whatever you say, we will come under that authority because we can see that you walk in such power and real authority. Do you know, we're in days where we all know there's agendas behind the scenes and there's all sorts of satanic evil that goes on behind the scenes, but they do not fear us, do they? They do not fear the church, mostly. They do not fear Christians. They do not fear whoever we label ourselves as sons, mature sons. They do not fear us. But in Patrick's day, in the, in the age of the saints, the age of the Celtic saints, whoever it was in power, they feared. They feared God's sons. St. Patrick, St. Columba, who had a who lived in an island in Iona in Scotland, they turned the world upside down. There's a story where he goes to, to preach to a group of people called the Picts, who were basically barbarian. They were crazy, like even the Romans scared were scared to come up into Scotland, into the Highlands. The Roman the Roman Empire um, spread across Europe and England even. But they were scared to come into a lot of Scotland because the Picts and people like that were 
barbarians, warriors, crazy. But St. Columba, one man, walked in, I forget the actual location in the north of Scotland, and it was like a, I don't know if it was a castle or what kind of location it was, but it was surrounded by a great wall and a, and a gate. And St. Columba is almost like a Jedi walking in, like Luke Skywalker or something. And when he walks up to the gate and the gates swing wide open, like they could not stop this one man from walking into the place where the king was. And he walked in there and you know they would have killed him, they would have slaughtered him. They would have, I don't know, took his head off and put it in the, the post of the gate to let any enemies know that they cannot do this, but they couldn't touch him. Because he walked in there with great authority, great power, and he began to preach to them. And actually, I don't know what happened in that exact situation, but the picks, the peoples of Scotland began to respond to the kingdom message, to the message that they carried, because they saw real power. They saw real anointing. They saw people who walked in there with something far greater than them, and they had to bow. And when we travel Scotland, and we look at all these great saints of old, we are so desiring to walk in the same power as them. Let me just read one other story. It says, King Laguire had decided that there would be an open competition between St. Patrick and his God and the Druids and their demonic power. This was to take place at the bottom of the hill. Look at first prophesied that they both tried to bring snow upon the plains and Patrick said he had no desire to go against the will of God. So look at who's a wizard said that he didn't care at all what Patrick's God wanted. He was going to bring the snow and demonstrate the power of his gods. Because of his unwillingness, Lukit believed that snow was not among Patrick's collection of miracles. But very soon, as Lukit chanted and prayed, snow fell all around the people. But Patrick then said to him, now get rid of all the snow. Lukit confessed that he was unable. So St. Patrick said, in evil does your power lie. And raising his right arm, he blessed the plain in the name of the Lord Jesus. The snow immediately melted. The druid was disconcerted and he brought forth thick clouds of darkness. Now dispel the darkness, said Patrick. But he could not. Patrick again blessed the plain and the dark clouds rolled away. After several other manifestations of druid magic, the king saw that he, his wizard, was losing the battle and then proposed that the druid books and the Christian books be cast into the stream which flowed down the hill. Patrick was willing but the druid was not. The huts, sorry, let me read this one other part. Patrick finally decided to put an end to the demonstrations and suggested they both be put into separate huts and shut in. And the huts set alight. Seeing there was no escape from the decision, and as he already was humiliated, Lukit agreed. So basically, St. Patrick got fed up of the competition, and he told them to put him, himself, and the wizard in separate huts, and set them on fire. <laughs> now this is someone who knows who he is in God. The huts were set ablaze, 
and Patrick, like the children in the fiery furnace, was unharmed. The wizard, of course, died in the flames. Great was the anger of King Laguire when he saw he was deprived, deprived of his second druid wizard. He would have killed Patrick himself, but he was prevented by the spirit of God. And Patrick said this, Unless you believe now, he's talking to the king, you will die quickly. King Laguire was seized with fear and went aside to his council chamber and said to his officers, In my opinion, it is better to serve Patrick's God than for me to die presently. <laughs> I think he knew he had to serve Patrick's God, whether he liked it or not, because he knew Patrick had said as an oracle under authority of heaven that if he did not believe, he would die. He would die. I don't know about you, but I don't see many people walking in such levels today. What the Celtic saints had, they changed nations. They turned the world upside down. They changed Ireland. They changed Scotland. They changed history. history. They changed culture. I just want to, in this short time, just make you a little bit hungry to know about the Celtic Saints, first of all, and to go and search to find out what it was they had. How did they begin to walk like that? And I tell you, it's not going to come without a cost. They paid a price. They went to secluded areas to find God through prayer. They lived in holiness. They separated themselves unto God. They had the fear of God. They had intimacy, true intimacy with heaven. They could do all the things that we talk about in our day in terms of like being transported in the spirit. They could, angelic beings would come and walk with them. St. Columba, when he went on missionary journeys, angels would come and, and commune with him. They could do all this stuff and walked in all these realms. But the main thing for them was they wanted to know the Lord and they wanted to be holy. They, they took time out to pray. And I just wanted to speak just a little today to make you hungry to go after something greater. It's already been seen in history that it's possible to turn the world upside down. But if we're going to turn the world upside down, we've got to pay the same price as these men and women did. And they saved civilization by bringing us out of the dark ages into a time of true enlightenment. And I'm not talking about scientific enlightenment. I'm talking about heavenly enlightenment. And they changed the world and we can too. If we pursue God and pay the price to the same extent as the Celtic saints did.